We are going to focus on God's power in creation for a few minutes as we think about this part of our worship of studying uh, together. God's power in the universe. God's power in creation. Creation. I met a fellow this week from Mexico, a little young man by the name, get this, his first name is Fabian. Fabian. Last name is Avilo, Avilo. He's lived in the southeastern United States for just a little over a year, and he has spent most of his life in Mexico. And I asked him, I said, um, how do you like the southeastern part of the United States? He said, I love it. He said, everything is green. Everything is green. And so... Um, we're, we're so grateful for the beautiful weather, for our beautiful part of the country, uh, for the sunshine and the rain. Um, we get quite a bit of rain sometimes, but there are parts of the country that never see much rain at all. So we're grateful. When you think about our Lord, you think about some of His great attributes. He is all-knowing. He is all-seeing. He is a God of perfect truth. He is a God of perfect love. He's a God of perfect mercy. He is perfectly fair. But also we come to this attribute, God of power. God of power. And we see His power in the universe, in creation. And so at Bible camp, there's... A man that we have known for years, he's from Chattanooga, he, he and his wife both are teachers. But this man's name is, is David Brandt. He is a member at the East Ridge Church of Christ in, in Chattanooga. He has a tremendous interest in the universe. He is a stargazer. He has a very expensive telescope, a very expensive laser. And he brings those to camp. He also now has a monitor that he can hook his telescope up to. And so we can look into the real sky, but also the telescope will project what's in the real sky onto this big uh, monitor. And this is not only a hobby of his, it is his, much of his life's work to study the universe. And it got me to thinking about the power of God in creation. Let me share with you just a few outstanding facts about uh, the universe. This galaxy in which we live is huge. How huge? Well, if we had a vehicle, which I don't think we do, but if we had a vehicle that could go at the speed of light, 186,000 miles per second, if we had a vehicle that could go that fast, it would take us Listen, it would take us about 28 million years to get to the next galaxy. And you say, well, the next galaxy. How, how many other galaxies are there? Well, if we just had one galaxy, that would be powerful enough. If there was another galaxy as big as ours, we would say, wow. But the truth is, there are so many other galaxies in the universe that they cannot be numbered. 
Can you imagine such power that our Lord has had to create such a vast territory uh, in, the, in the universe? As you have heard yourself, there's about 93 million miles between us and the sun, and the sun itself is a huge ball of gases. In fact, I was talking to Brother Dave this week, and he reminded me, or actually informed me, that the sun is 865,000 miles in diameter. 865,000 miles in diameter. It takes about a month for the sun to rotate on its axis. And not only that, but the sun does a lot of moving as the earth does a lot of moving. The sun will take a, a journey and it will orbit through the galaxy and it travels this gigantic trip at a speed of 600,000 miles per hour. All the while, the sun is spinning. It's spinning. As you know also, the earth is spinning and the earth takes orbit around uh, the sun. The earth travels and orbits around the sun at a speed of 66,600 miles uh, when it does its travel. It, it, it travels 595 million miles on its year's journey. Those are just a few of the facts that shows us what an enormous universe we have about us. And hopefully it will instill upon us the great power of God. Think about the spinning nature of the universe. Think about the spinning sun, the spinning earth. That actually brings stability. It keeps the, it keeps the heavenly bodies in, in place. Okay. Uh, but think about this. Step back and think about how that demands a creator. Now, I can, I can spin a basketball. I started to bring a basketball up here. I can spin a basketball with my finger. Not as good as I used to. Okay. And so, uh, I thought about uh, the Lord's Supper being set up and I thought maybe I should not bring a basketball and try to start spinning it up here. Uh, but I can still do it some. But here's one thing I know and you know. Unless I make that basketball start spinning, it's just going to lay there on the floor. It's just going to lay there on the pew. I have to put it in the motion. The earth is spinning and taking trips. The, the sun is spinning and taking trips. Where did all this movement come from? Who initiated the spinning? A, 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 a body of mass is not going to move itself. We all know that. Who initiated this? And we know it was our God who initiated this. Now, I am no scientist at all, but I can at least, like you, I can appreciate the massive amount of power it takes for the earth to continue as it is. There is a force called gravity which 
keeps the earth and other bodies from just flying off into space and then there's an outward force okay, that at the same time keeps uh, the earth uh, from crashing into the sun. So God put in place an, an inward force to keep us from flying off but also an outward force from keeping us from crashing into each other and crashing into to the sun. Someone has estimated that in it would take a, 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 um, a steel chain of about 8,000 miles in diameter to kind of equal the strength of being able to keep all these heavenly bodies in place where they're at. Well, who's behind this invisible chain that just keeps the earth where it's at? We just read from Job 26 verse 7, the, the earth hangs upon nothing. We know behind that God is upholding the universe. In fact, if you look at your Bible in, in Colossians 1, 16 and 17, it is through Jesus that everything was made. Heaven, earth, all things uh, therein, through Him and for Him. And in Him does all things consist. All things are maintained in Jesus Christ. Hebrews 1 and verse 3 says, All things are upheld by the word of His power. Because God wants it to be in place, therefore the earth stays in place, and the sun does its work, and we have life. Now before we get to our lessons, it's, it's, it's interesting that those of a worldly nature say that all this happened by chance and that something like 13.4 billion years ago there was something called the Big Bang and, and so some material exploded and then we just have our universe. Okay. Which makes, of course, no sense. But here's a question. How is it that the Sun and Mars and Earth and etc are all made out of different materials. If there was a big bang, why, how did it come to be that the sun is just a big ball of gas, extremely hot, and the earth is livable? How is it that the earth is livable and Mars is not? Well, we know it was not a big bang, but God put these things uh, in place. Well. I want us to, to focus on four lessons quickly together this morning. Okay. And here are the four lessons. When we consider the power of God in the universe, it gives us, first of all, the knowledge to connect some things. Secondly, it gives us the strength to trust God. Thirdly, it gives us a heart to surrender to Him. And fourthly, it gives us the courage to talk to other people. Okay. Let's think about these four lessons quickly together. First of all, God's power gives us the, it gives us the knowledge to connect some things. Look at your Bible in Revelation uh, chapter 4, verse 11, and Revelation 5, verse 9. In Revelation 4, 11, there is praise going on in heaven. Only God is worthy of glory and honor. Why? Well, Revelation 4.11 says, because He created all things. Alright. But then, 
let your eyes go on down to Revelation 5, verse 9. Only God and His Son is worthy of glory and honor because the Son was slain and He has purchased us with His blood. He has ransomed us with His blood. Appreciate Brother Jerry and his prayer talking about help us to focus on Mount Calvary. And this, this is what this does for us. You see, on the one hand, God created us. On the other hand, He has redeemed us. God created us and put us here in His universe. But when then sin came along, God spiritually recreates us when we follow His Son, Jesus Christ. That's why we read in 2 Corinthians 5 and 17, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. God not only puts us here, but when we fall away from Him and we come to His Son, then He can recreate us. Okay? And we need that recreation because we fall into sin. Sin separates us from God and we need to come back uh, to Him. In Ephesians uh, 2 and verse 10, Paul had said we are saved uh, by grace through our obedient faith. And he, then he says in verse 10, Ephesians 2, we are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works. You see, God creates us in Christ. You see, we're baptized into Christ, which brings forgiveness of sins, but then that is a new creation that is there in Christ. And so God's power, it gives us the knowledge to put these things together, to make these connections. If God has the power over all physical matters, then that certainly shows God has the power over all spiritual matters. The old story is about a little boy who created himself a little boat and he wanted to build himself a boat that would float and he worked and worked on it and he, he built that boat and, it, and it, it, it would float and he would put it in the creek and let it float. And one afternoon in the summer he was doing that and it came up a big storm and come to pass he lost that boat. He could not retrieve it, he had to run inside and he went back out and it was gone. He never found that, that little boat he had made. But then a couple of years later, he saw his boat in the window of a little marketplace, a little store, in the window of a store, and he said, that's my boat. And so he went in there and bought that boat. And then he, he went home and he was so happy. He says, this boat is twice mine. Because I built it, and now I bought it. And so that's the situation with every Christian. God built us initially. He brought us here. He brings us here and created this world. But also with the blood of His Son, He, he buys us. He ransoms us from our sin. So first of all this morning, I want us to think about how the the power of God gives us the knowledge to connect uh, these ideas. Let me mention this before we move on. You know, 
Brother Tim Hester and I were talking a year or so ago about the great storm that Paul encountered as in his journey to Rome, Acts, uh, Acts 27. And they were going to lose the ship. And, but Paul was assured by God, Acts 27, 22, and 23, he's assured by God that there will only be a loss of ship, but not a loss of life. And then he said this. He said, the God whom I serve and the God to whom I belong told me this. And that's a great statement there in Acts 27, 23. Because that's the, that's the case. We belong to God. We serve God. Because He has built us and He has bought us. Our second lesson this morning concerning the power of God is that the power of God gives us the strength to trust Him. To trust Him. The principle that I've been kind of camping on for the last two or three months, and I just love it. So I'm not, I want to share it again and again. If, if God can do that, then God can do this. If that, then this, you know? If God can do this, if he has the, the power to create at the level that he does create, then he has the power to take care of us, doesn't he? That's the very point Jesus was making in Matthew 6, 25 through 33 as he talked about being anxious and worried. He said, for example, consider the birds of the air. They don't sow, they don't reap, they don't gather into barns, but our Heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than them? See how Jesus uses creation to try to teach us about the Lord's care. And then he said, consider the lilies of the field, how beautiful they are. They don't toil, they don't spin. Okay. But he said, I tell you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. If God can so clothe the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast in the oven, then can't He clothe you also? If that, then this. Take your Bibles and look at a verse in 2 Corinthians 4, verse 14, concerning death. If God has the power at the level that we are mentioning this morning, then He has the power to take care of us at death as well. 2 Corinthians 4, 14. This is a beautiful verse. Okay. Underline it, bracket it, make a frame out of this. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 14. Paul says, knowing that He who raised the Lord, Jesus, that is, look what God has done. Look what God has done. He who raised Jesus will also raise us with Jesus and bring us with you into His presence. Does God have the power to do that? If that, if that, then this. 
If he has the power to raise his son from the dead, if he has the power to create this universe, he has the power to take care of us in a very well way, in a magnificent way, even when we die. What's so, what's so scary about that? If that, then this. We can go on and on with that, but I wanted us to notice our second big lesson here is, is this. God's power can give us the strength to trust. The strength to trust. If that, then this. What about in Exodus 4 when, when Moses just said to God, verses 10 to 14, God, get somebody else. Send somebody else to deliver the people. He first said to God, God, I'm, I'm, not, um, I'm not eloquent. I'm slow of speech and slow of tongue. I know exactly where Moses stood. When I was in grade school, they would take me out of class about three times a week and take me to a side room at the library because the teachers uh, in their assessment of me did not think that I was talking quite right. I just tried to tell them I'm a redneck. But they would do that and I would follow along for a while and all that stopped after a while. But I know exactly where Moses stood in this. And God said, who made your mouth? Who makes the deaf deaf? Who makes the blind blind? Who makes the mute mute? In other words, the Lord says to Moses, I know what I'm doing here. I want you to go. If this, then that. If that, then this. God has the power, ultimate power, and that power can give us the strength uh, to trust. To trust. And then the third place, third lesson is God's power can give us it can give us the heart to surrender. The heart to surrender. And we might reference again to Psalm 8, 3, and 4 where David said, When I look at your heavens, notice this, the work of your fingers, fingers, not just hands, Fingers. When we work with our fingers, we're, we're doing something very minute. We're doing something with some detail. We're putting some effort behind it. God, David said, Lord, when I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the, the moon and stars which you have put in place, and I ask the same thing, don't you? What is man? What is man? That you would consider him. You look through a telescope, you see how vast this universe is, this galaxy, and you consider there's innumerable galaxies to follow. You think about that God who has created all of this, and you say, what, who am I? What am I? That you would want me to be in heaven with you. It can give us the heart to surrender. Let me tell you about another fellow who's at camp every year. In 2018, this fellow's name is Frank Williams. He and his wife 
Glenda Williams serve at camp every year. At Bible camp in June of 2018, it was a Thursday. It was, um, it was supper time. We're all in the mess hall. Frank gets a call and after receiving that call, he walks out by the trash cans behind the mess hall and he falls down on the ground. And he just received news that his grandson, 15 years old, has been killed in an accident. And of course, it was, it was some sort of experience for all of us, but especially for Frank and Glenda, who then would have to drive home uh, to uh, Jackson, Tennessee, to uh, console their daughter, who has just lost her son. I want to mention this to you. There's no quit in Frank and Glenda. Glenda is serving now as a dorm mom at Fried Hardeman University. She is, has been Anna's dorm mom these last years, these last three years. Frank and Glenda continue their work at uh, Bible Camp. In addition to that, Frank works in Honduras. He raises funds with uh, a couple of churches in the southeast and makes trips. He will be leaving on July the 8th, uh, going back to Honduras. Wow, how could they do this? How can they possibly manage this? Well, because they have a heart that has already surrendered to God. The, the surrendering has already taken place. No matter what happens in life, that is done. That is done. The power of God can give us that heart uh, to surrender. And then the fourth lesson is that the power of God, it can give us the courage to reach out. It can give us the courage to talk to others. Let me go back to my friend David Brandt. I want to tell you what he does with his telescope. It's a very expensive telescope. Okay. Very expensive laser. But he brings it to camp, but he also takes it to other national parks. And he's never had a no. He takes it to Cloudland Canyon uh, Park in North Georgia, a very beautiful uh, place. And he'll go there. He'll, he'll just, with permission, he'll set up, he'll set up his telescope He'll set up his monitor, he'll, he'll have his laser, and he'll just be there in the evening time as it gets dark, and as people walk by, uh, he will allow them to look through his telescope, and then um, they will talk about it and see what they say. What are you seeing here? Are you seeing Saturn? Are you seeing Mars? Are you seeing the moon? Are you seeing this and that series of stars? And then he will eventually ask them the question, do you think this happened by accident? He has never gotten a yes. Not only does he go to these national parks, but sometimes in the evening time, in the summer times, he'll go downtown Chattanooga and he will just bring his stuff out on the corner of a street and as people walk by, he will ask them if they want to look. Everybody loves to look at the telescope. Everybody loves to talk about the, uh, the universe. And again, he has never gotten a yes to the answer of, do you think just happened, just happened by chance? In fact, it usually leads into more uh, spiritual discussions. He's able to sow 
many seeds by using this sort of platform. Platform. I want you to think in terms of platform for a minute. When I say platform, I mean just a common interest that you probably have with other people. When I say common interest, I mean something that is, that is good and wholesome. If it's good and wholesome, it's going to relate to the Bible. That's just the nature of the case. And maybe like, like Big Dave, you can find a way, you can find something in your life, you already have a common interest in that, and you, other people have that interest, and perhaps you can share in that common interest, but also use that platform to talk to others about the Lord. It can be anything from, from food, it can be anything from uh, security, it could be something in regard to health. Uh, there's just many things. It could be from team or, or sports or fishing. or You know, Jesus, Luke chapter 5, Jesus asked Peter, said, Peter, can I use your boat? Can we push it out a little bit here? I want to talk to these people on the seashore. And they used that boat for him to talk to the folks on the seashore. A lot of times we think of reaching out to others as some sort of big event, big splash, or some bigger than life, larger than life personality. Okay. That's not the way it is. It simply happens by having a common interest with somebody else and using that common interest to, to transform go over into a conversation about the Lord God. If it's a legitimate interest, it will relate to the Bible. And that's what Big Dave does. And so the Lord's power can give us, it can give us a heart to surrender. It can give us the strength to trust Him. It can give us the knowledge to make the connection between the physical and spiritual realms and it can give us the power and the courage to reach out. To reach out. You know, a lot of things will work if we will. A lot of things can happen if we will just put our mind to it. And these are the thoughts I wanted to share with you this morning about the power of God. So much more, as you know, could be said. But to condense it down, I want to notice these four lessons together. And let's think about this. You know the power of God. You know also He's the only one that can bring forgiveness of sins. He's the only one that can help us in this life. He's the only one that can take care of us in the next life. He's the only one that can help us to rebound from trouble, whatever it is we may face. Will you come, will you come to the Lord, the God, God Almighty, the one who has all power? Will you come to Him this morning? Let's all stand and sing.